Welcome to 360 Timmy, the podcast with interesting people in 360 degrees. You can listen on all major music streaming services and watch on YouTube by going to youtube.com forward slash at 360 Timmy. Hello everyone, welcome again to another 360 Timmy. Today we're in St. Catherine's Dock in London, walking towards Tower Bridge. And my special guest today is the comic Sam Serrano. Hello, thanks for having me on. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So Sam is a comic, uh, uses, I think it's self-deprecation, isn't it, as, as part of your comedy? Yes, very, very much so. That's usually how it's described. But you've had an amazing journey, starting, I believe, at 15 with your first open mic? Yes, did my first gig when I was 14, 14. in a non-alcoholic bar, because it was the only place that would let a 14-year-old do a gig. Um, so, but then I stopped for ages, and then, yeah, solidly been going for uh, about six years, started, when, started solidly when I was about 18. Crikey. And so, also at that age, I believe you started your first comedy club? Oh, <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, yeah, I did. We did one night of it, um, and then it kind of uh, fell apart. But yeah, for a very long time, I uh, branded myself as the youngest comedy club owner in the country, which, um, yeah, we did one gig, and that very quickly, uh, it was an interesting one because the charity came to me and went, can you uh, do a gig for um, uh, the uh, pe people who go to this like special school? And I was like, yeah, 100%. I just booked a lineup. And then we turned up. We thought it was to raise money for them, but then they were in the audience. And I'd booked uh, comedians who uh, were wrong for the gig. Oh. So, yeah, they were like, please never, never come here again. <laughs> But that must have been quite a baptism of fire, but a great lesson for you right at the start. Yes, definitely. I think because I started so young, there was like, I made a lot of mistakes. Because, yeah, just because I was young, I didn't quite know what I was doing. And like, when, when you start comedy, I think you think like, you have like three good open mics and then you should be on the Apollo. But that's obviously not how it works. You have to work for it ages and ages and ages. Um, yeah, I was always like, oh, okay, I've done two gigs. I'm ready to start my own comedy night. I can go pro now, can't I? And then six years later, I'm very much aware that is not the case anymore. So how did it how did it start then? I mean, because you know, getting up on stage mm -hmm. and having the confidence to uh, to tell jokes and consistently get laughs. Where'd that yeah. come from? Because from a young age, that must have been quite daunting. Um, I I was doing acting when I was from a very very young age. Uh, like yeah, I started going to drama classes when I was about four four or five, because um, my mum wanted. One could kind of see that I was a bit socially awkward, which so like, right, these acting classes will boost Sam's confidence, uh, which they did. But then the teacher, uh, like the drama teacher, a few years uh, down the line went, you should do something where you don't have to work with other people, which completely went against why my mum wanted to be going to drama lessons. So I don't think mum was thrilled about that. Um, but yeah, stand-up was just like the thing where you write it all yourself, you produce it all yourself. It is, it is like everything I do on stage is me. Um, so that was that, and that really appealed to me, and then yeah, just doing it for a while, and then luckily I'm all right at it, so we can, we we we're, I'm able to carry it on, definitely. So you you have Kabuki syndrome, I believe. Yes, I which do. I, now the first time I heard you talking about this, mm -hmm. you even put some comedy on this. You you explained the Japanese origins and how it was culturally <laughs> misappropriated. Do you want to just talk, yes. talk about what that is? Um, so part of Kabuki syndrome is the um, uh, a lot of it is kind of the physical features, so my eyes kind of slant down. Um, and I only found this out recently. The reason it's called Kabuki Syndrome is because there's Kabuki theatre in Japan where it, they wear masks, which kind of 
uh, accentuate uh, the eyes. And then people were being born with my syndrome and the person naming it just went, are these people not Japanese? So they just gave it that name. Um, so yeah, my uh, syndrome's cultural appropriation, which is not great. And I've never heard of that before. So what is it? I mean, um, is it just a physical thing or is it? So it's, uh, with, with me, it's more um, the neurodivergence side of it. So like, it's a, uh, it often gets very like closely linked to autism. Um, but the physical aspects of it, so like, like my eyebrows are quite triangular, um, which is quite similar. Uh, and the eyes drooping down, um, so I sleep with my eyes open. Um, which, when you travel on public transports and again night buses and you're trying to sleep in public, uh, the amount of times I've had very nearly got kicked off a bus first. They thought I was staring at them, yeah. and I'm like, no, nope, I'm you just asleep. asleep. Sorry. Crikey. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's that's what it is. Yeah, it's a lot of um, it kind of. Uh, there's a lot of variations of it. Um, with the physical side, I am much more on like the milder side of the uh, spectrum of it. Um, but yeah, with the neurodivergent side, it is, uh, yeah, that's where it's kind of most prominent with me. Definitely. So, uh, and what else do you use in your comedy? What's, what's your kind of key themes? Um, I say the self-deprecation piece, what? Yes. Yeah, what's that? Uh, so I think, I think that just came from a place of, like when you start, comedy you kind of just talk about what you know um, and so I wanted to talk about being queer and having uh, learned difficulties and all that kind of stuff um, and I think I think it was just like the kind of comedy I liked growing up was self-deprecation so I kind of when when you when, yeah when you're starting comedy you watch a lot of the people you love and you go all right I want to do that and um, so I'd watch people like Simon Amstel, who's like one of my favorite comics. And yeah, a lot of his stuff is self-deprecating. So just like, that's what I want to do. I want to give that a go. And then there's a lot of people who kind of, as they carry on, kind of go away from that. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of a style that I really enjoy doing, the style I really enjoy watching. And I've always been like, if I'm enjoying doing it, some people must enjoy watching it as well. Definitely. So last night uh, I went to see your work in progress. So yes. W W E R Q W E R Q. Yes. So you're testing out new material. Yes. I, I found am. that fascinating. Actually, watching that, I don't think oh, I have been you. to uh, to a to a, uh, a set like that where you know you're, you're reading for notes. Yes. It didn't look like you were, to be fair, and you made it part of the act. I, I did like that. I mean. Oh, thank you. So talk talk about that kind of creative process when you. Uh, yeah, it's. Um, I love doing work in progress shows. Because uh, I, th I feel like it's more exciting for the audience. Because the I, th I think like when you go watch a comic do like a solo show in, in like the Fringe, where they've been previewing it for months, you know it's gonna, pretty much going to be good. If you're going to watch someone like if you go watch uh, Michael McIntyre, he's done it thousands of times that show. If you go watch like the bigger comics, they they know the show. They've done it for ages. With work in progress shows, as you saw last night, there is no guarantee the bits are going to work. It is very clunky, um, so I think it adds it's a bit more exciting for the audience. I think because that kind of spontaneous aspect of it is there, um, and with a lot of it, you kind of you'll go on with a bullet point. Just go, let's try and find something here. So I won't have a joke written. But usually, when you do it enough, your brain just kind of tunes into the stand-up and it goes, oh, here's the joke you're looking for. Oh, here's how to make this funnier. Um, 
So yeah, I really enjoy doing it. And it's also, I also get to do a lot more crowd work, which as you saw last night, uh, sometimes I don't have to talk to the audience. They very much uh, enjoy talking to me. I was going to say that. I thought that was maybe your style, your style of act, but I think it maybe was the audience you had yes. last night, but there was a lot of interaction. Yes, there was. Um, yeah, there's, cause I think just because I talk about uh, being neurodiverse, a lot of a lot of people who come and see my shows have either autism or ADHD. Um, so it's it's one that I kind of have to you I've learned how to play with. Because in a club, if if that audience member last night who chipped in quite a bit, if she was in a comedy club, she'd get kicked out. Yeah. Um, which I'm very keen not to have happen at my shows. Yeah. So last night I didn't have a support act because oh. I only had the venue for an hour. Um, but when when I do have a support act, I have to kind of go, just like, you know, some of them will chip in, some of them will try and uh, speak to you. Don't treat it like a heckle. Treat yeah. it like, just treat it like they're having a chat with you. Um, if you don't want to talk to them, just go, oh, good point, or just ignore them, which towards, I think I gave, I gave them a little bit of leeway. Yeah. Um, but towards the end, I just did just kind of start, uh, yeah, start ignoring them a little bit. Um, but it was also helpful when I forgot a joke. I could quickly go to them, and I know that's five minutes where I can go, where was I up to while they're talking about yeah, stuff? Yeah, that's pretty so cool. I like perfect. that. So, so when you go to the next venue, so you've done, you did uh, two north down last night in yes. Peace Frost. So your next two dates are? Next two dates are the Jacaranda in Liverpool and Santiago Bar in Leeds. Yeah. Um, and then we're... Tickets still available? Yes, yep. a lot of tickets. So what are the dates for that? Do you know the dates? 5th of September for Liverpool, yep. 12th of September for Leeds. Good stuff. So when you go there, mm -hmm. uh, how, will that, how will the lessons from last night evolve? So you recorded everything on the phone? Yes, I recorded everything on a phone and audio. So with the audio, that's just so I can listen and focus on the words of it. And usually with the video, I watch it. Um, for, firstly, that's to put out social media clips. Secondly, if I watch it on mute so I can watch the performance aspect of it. Because um, I think, certainly with new stuff, I have a tendency just to stand still. Because so, I'm thinking so much about what I'm trying to, like, get the right words out. I'm not thinking about movement and I'm not, I, I'm usually just very static and I stand very still. Um, so I try, I try and watch it back and go, okay, where am I being too still? And I try and add some sort of movement to it. Definitely. So yeah, next next show I already I sat today and listened back to it and made points. I've listened back to it about three or four times this morning. Um, just made notes of what I need to change. So if I do that after every single preview, that's how you get the hour kind of much tighter, much better. And then eventually you'll go to a full show. Yes. Next and year. And then uh, yeah, either um, best case scenario next year uh, if we're. If I have a miracle this year, um, but yeah, we're looking at next year, which will then be uh, Edinburgh Fringe for the whole month. And then maybe if I've got a big enough audience, we'll do like a tour of it. Um, but then the, the end goal for this is to film it and put it out as a special. Like I did with the, I did a half hour one last year, but we're looking at doing this one as my first hour special in front of in front of a crowd and everything, which would be really, really good fun. I'm looking forward to it. And then, what, and tour it as well? Hopefully, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I have a uh, big enough audience. Um, but even if I'm doing, like, the venue last night, uh, I'd happily go back there and do it, do it as a solid hour. Um, yeah, I think, like, 
I'm going to do, I'm hoping to get to a point in the next two years where I know like a 50 or 60 seat venue, I'm pretty sure I could sell it out. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the hope. Uh, that like, yeah, that's the end goal. End goal for this one is to be able to film it. Um, but if I'm able to tour it, that's even better, definitely. And in terms of writing, is it just you or do you have partners to help you? No, it's, um, it's all, it's, it's, I do all the writing. Um, I've tried in the past to like have like a writing group and like we all like a bunch of comedians meet up and we write each other's, uh, we write together and we can like chip in with ideas. Um, but I think because my stuff's like so personal, I sometimes struggle doing that. Um, yeah, I, I feel like, like when I watch another comic, I can tell if someone's written their material or if that's them, because there is a certain aspect of yeah, they seemed more distant. And I think just with, with the kind of stuff I do, I, I feel like it wouldn't have the same, it, it, yeah, it wouldn't be the same if somebody else wrote it, I don't think. And you talk about that personal experience. You, you were saying last night, you had several incidents where you travel or you go to, to different towns and you've, yes. you've been spat at and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. Explain how you turn that around, I guess, and yeah. access it as comedy. Um, I think like, so that uh, the show I'm working on at the moment is based around the time I was spat at in the street. That happened in like 2020. Um, and I've never really been able to talk about it on stage yet because it was a really kind of strange thing to happen to me. Um, and it affected me a lot as I talk about in the show. Um, but I feel like comedy is like such an accessible way to talk about this kind of things. Yeah. People go, it's not like, um, I think like, if people like read an article about it, I don't think anyone who is, I don't think like a homophobe wouldn't go out and read an article about homophobia, but they might come to a comedy club, watch me, which I've had happen before where people who think like there's only two genders have watched me and gone, okay, I kind of get it a bit more now. Um, because it's a lot more, it's, yeah, it's a lot easier for them to kind of access it. Um, so that's kind of where I, I, I feel like comedy is perfect to um, highlight certain aspects of your life in a way that everyone is on board. And most of the time it's, they kind of don't realize that they're learning about this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of, that's kind of always been my, well, obviously my first goal is to make it really funny. If, I, if I'm not able to make something funny, I won't talk about it. Um, on stage, I'll find a different, like on a podcast or something, I'll find a different ways to do it. Um, but uh, I'm able at the moment to flip things on its head and get it, uh, get some laughs out of it. And yesterday, I, you, I mean, uh, I hope you don't mind me mentioning this, but yesterday mm -hmm. was a tough gig for you because you, you highlighted that somebody that kind of mentored you at the start, it, yes. was, it, was, it was the day of their funeral and you were really close to cancelling and you know, yeah. talk about that a little bit. I thought um, that's very touching that at the end. But again, you did... Yes in a nice way, you did apply comedy at the end as well, but yes, it was very heartfelt, I thought. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, I was in, I was very much in two minds about doing that, um, and even just mentioning it. Um, but yeah, she'd, uh, she took her own life a few weeks ago, and I was, today was the, that, last night was the funeral, but I thought, uh, yeah, if I'd spoken to a few people and we all agreed that if I'd canceled the show, she would not have been please and she would have fucking come back and haunted me <laughs> um, so yeah I made a made a point to not cancel the show and go and do it I um obviously like 
so yeah, I dedicated the show last night to her because I think, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't, I, th I think it was partly because it was playing on my mind while I was on stage. It felt weird not to talk about it. Um, so yeah, at the very end of the show, I quickly did, um, I, I quickly mentioned that because, yeah, she never really got the recognition she deserved because she was like me. She, we started at the same time and then she stopped for ages. And then the past two years, she's kind of, she was coming back and doing more gigs. Um, and yeah, very sadly, no one kind of, she'll never reach exactly where she should have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she was absolutely a phenomenal comedian. And that's tough, isn't it? Because when you've got to go on stage and make everyone else laugh, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you could have something fairly minor, like an argument with a partner or yes. something really bad. I mean, I've heard, I've heard of tales of comics going on stage and uh, someone's passed away, their mother's passed away and they still have to deliver that night because that's, yeah. you know, that's the gig, isn't it? It's a... Yeah, it's, um, that's a skill you learn as well. Of, uh, something that um, a comedian uh, said to me recently uh, was, they said that like, what if you, what if like, this is the last gig you do? What if like something happens like you're in an accident, this is the last gig you do, and this is how you're remembered, this is your legacy, this final gig. Um, so that's what I've kind of been treating myself of kind of getting in the headspace to be like, right, nothing else matters right now, apart from being funny for the five minutes to an hour that I'm on stage, um, which I think has helped a lot to kind of, yeah, put everything to the back of my mind and just focus solely on a, on the stand-up and the being funny part of it, definitely. And I saw you, uh, so at the end of the show last night, you spent some time with the audience, but yes. I, did, I did notice, uh, obviously, the persona on stage, you know, and then, the, you know, you kind of, uh, I wouldn't say regressed, but mm -hmm. became very quiet. I guess, were you processing how well it went and all those kind of feelings at the same time? Yeah, when you're, when you're on stage, you definitely get, um, it takes a lot out of you, because, like, you're constantly trying to find, uh, Try, trying to either think of the next joke or trying to get to the next bit or there's stuff happening in the crowd which you need to talk to which as we said last night last night was a very um hectic show it was a lot of fun and yeah. i loved it because it very much kept me on my toes um and i think i think it was perfect for the new material because it got me a lot looser so i was able to kind of try things and was able to take a few more risks with some of the jokes um but yeah often when i'm when i go off stage it's like uh i often need a few minutes to kind of uh, gather myself a little bit. So I, yeah, I quickly went up to the green room and just had a glass of water and then came downstairs and kind of spoke to people and kind of got, um, so I, I also think that is very important because I'm so grateful when people like get tickets to come see me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I always try and make an effort of being like, I'm going to be at the back of the room, come and say hi. Yeah. Um, or if I'm like with, uh, I, I, I usually I'll mention like the bar that I'm going to afterwards. I'm like, if you want to come here, but um, yeah, I was with my friend and uh, he was on a date. So we were going somewhere, so I was like, maybe don't bring the whole garbage. The whole with you, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> which uh, ha happened in my Liverpool show when we filmed my special lineouts where we were going, and then I didn't think any of them would come, and then like 60 people were trying to get into this bar. <laughs> <laughs> well, me and my mate were like, we just wanted a quiet drink to celebrate. Um, you should have got the bar to give you a commission for all the <laughs> customers. Like, that would have been good, wouldn't it? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, they, um, we, uh, I think we very much kept them afloat last year. Um, and now, because I've, I've mentioned it briefly last night and cut down a lot on, my, um, on, my, on how much I drink. And I went to that bar recently and, uh, yeah, there is, they, they were um, talking about the, the bankrupt now. And I think part of that <laughs> might be <laughs> due to the fact I'm not going in there 
and going, I'll just drink for the rest of the day. <laughs> I can sense, I think you did use it last night, I can sense that's going to be part of uh, future, yeah, future sets. The, uh, oh yes, yeah. definitely. <laughs> So, I mean, in terms of being a, a young comic and mm -hmm. starting out, it must be difficult. You, you know, you've had to fund coming, travel coming down here, staying over in London, which is not cheap, and yes. bedding down with uh, friends and things like that. Look at that. I've wow. never seen that up before. So, sorry, in front of us is Tower Bridge, which is oh, in its upright position. So, uh, that's, that's amazing. Sorry. I've never um, seen it like that. Wow. That's worth the trip down here, isn't yeah, it? Um, so, yeah, in terms of that, what, what else do you do? to you know i think you mentioned you write for other comics yes and i do a little bit of writing for like uh for uh tv shows um i don't know if i'm allowed to say which one no no that's fine, that's uh, fine yeah. but yeah I'm, i do a little bit of that um but it is now getting to the point where like yeah a lot of the um a lot of the gigs now are kind of funding themselves yeah um so like if you get uh yeah the, the average gig money for me now is between like 150 to 200 per gig um, so, say about uh, 50 of that goes on travel. You're, I'm making pretty much what my mates would make doing a nine to five. Um, but yeah, like coming down to London, uh, my, my friend who was at the show last night, he used to live in Liverpool, now lives in London, uh, which is a huge help for me because I do now have accommodation whenever I need it. Um, so yeah, he was, um, I was kind of trying, trying to persuade him not to go because I was like, oh, I'll miss you. And he was like, yeah, but I'll have a spare room, so you'll have accommodation. I was like, oh, get, get to London as fast <laughs> as you can, please. <laughs> so, uh, you're obviously not gigging every single week. How, does, how, how, do you, how do you kind of survive in the meantime? Is it, is it the, writing, the extra writing you do and things like that? Um, yeah, I do. I, the extra writing is kind of where I go to, but I, I do about uh, five. I, do, uh, I try and do minimum about four or five gigs a week. So I'm gigging a fair bit, but a lot of, quite a few of them are up north where I'm from. Um, where it's, I don't have to travel, so like I'll, I'll usually in in the midweek I'll usually take like uh, a couple of gigs, like 50 to like 40, 50 quid, just to kind of keep on top of um, the yeah that pays for the travel on the weekend where you go and make the kind of the proper money. Um, but yeah, I can the uh, I try and gig quite a bit, and I try and do I still do a lot of unpaid stuff where it's like new material. Um, yeah, I try and I write. Uh, like my own stuff, I try and do that. I try and do about two hours writing a day, um, which is a lot, but just kind of trying to get into that headspace. And a lot of that doesn't get used. Um, but yeah, I, I gig, it pretty much is gigging, writing, and then obviously editing the clips up for social media, which is not like a huge part of the job. Yes. Definitely. Yeah, we were, to we were talking before this, weren't we, about mm. older comics who don't have to do that, but yes. everyone now, all artists, all artists, singers, comedians, the yeah. actors that they're all having to do their own social media in this at the start for sure yeah and there's so many Definitely. platforms you have to get it on in the format yeah can you get the recording from the gig you were talking yes. earlier about yeah the amount of times that i've gone on stage and like a heckle's happened and i've come off and they've gone oh the file's corrupted you can't have it and you're like oh that could have that could have made my career um yeah so I, that I, viral I, clip yeah, yeah. And you're like, we're never getting it um but you also like there's also the issue of, because obviously on uh, TikTok you can't really upload like a 10 minute video. No one's going to watch like a full 10 minute thing. Um, so like you're right, I've found my writing for a little bit got kind of a lot shorter because I was just trying to write 30 second bits for TikTok and Instagram. Um, so I've tried to kind of, I try now to not look for next viral clip. I just try and have a good gig. Yeah. And then I think if I've had a good gig, oh, thank you. 
either had a good gig or there's been a bit of crowd work that's gone somewhere like interesting, um, then I'll definitely put that up as a clip. But I don't go on going, right, when am I getting the next viral clip? Yeah. Which a lot of people kind of do. And that is kind of how, how a, lot of, um, a lot of comics now work, which is very interesting to see because yeah, there's sometimes where you sit and watch someone do a 10 minute set and you're like, well, that was 20 TikToks. Yeah. Just one after each other. And there wasn't like a five or 10 minute routine there. That almost sounds like when people go to concerts and they spend the whole time filming it rather than looking yes. at the concert and taking yeah. it in. I mean, that's, yeah, it's maybe the obsession with getting that clip is taking a stronghold there, isn't it? I think so. And I think you can kind of, I, I think, I know I can certainly tell when someone's just looked for getting the next viral clip. Um, like, it's happened quite a few times where if there'll be, like, someone on the front row who's maybe like got one leg or something, every comedian will go on and try and reference it because they'll try and get the comedian roasts audience member with one leg clip. And you're like, it just, after like the sixth or seventh comic has done it, you're like, come on, someone do something original now. Yeah. And definitely. So what does the future hold for Sam then? Uh, so after you've you got your show on, but what, what do you want to do in the future? What's the, what's the goal? Um, I, I've kind of, I think I've set myself, if I get to a point where I'm selling out uh, I'm able to kind of tour once every, maybe year, once every two years. Um, I think I'd, I, ne I've, I never really want to go higher than maybe like Leicester Square, which is 400 seater, yeah. um, which I think is quite a realistic goal, which I think I'll, I should be able to hit. Um, because I, I think like when you, when you take comedy past maybe four or 500 seater, I think some of it's slightly lost. So I, I don't think I would work for an hour in an arena, for example. Um, but yeah, I think as long as I'm able to kind of keep building this audience uh, of people who like my stuff and come and pay to watch me, um, I think as long as I keep doing that, I'll, I'll get somewhere, definitely, is kind of the hope. But you know, I try not to set goals, I try and just go, where can I next get the audience from? Yeah. As long as I'm building that audience, I'm happy. That's no brilliant. How small they are. Well, I'd like to catch up in the future and see where you've got to, for That'd sure. Perfect. I'd love to. Definitely. Thank you, Sam. Thank you very much. I had a great chat and I uh, hope you've me. enjoyed it. I really have. Thank you. Take care. Remember, you can watch the video version of this podcast on youtube.com forward slash at 360 Timmy. Episodes are available in regular or 360 view. More links on 360timmy.com.